what? You have a podcast? Can we just take a second and fully abbreviate this moment together? I did not have sexual relations with that woman. He's a jackass. What is the cost of lies? Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Fighting fascism is a full-time job! Hello and welcome to another episode of Recovery from Politics Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Frame, and today is Tuesday, September 26th, 2023. So, if you have been on social media at all in the last couple weeks, uh, you've noticed this weird obsession with the Roman Empire. It started off as a TikTok trend where apparently wives or girlfriends would go up to their male counterparts and ask them, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? And the results are sometimes pretty funny, uh, sometimes, you know, like, odd, but whatever, it's a trend, it became a TikTok thing. And then, of course, the intellectuals of the world picked up on it, and all of a sudden there are these think pieces on all these newspapers and websites about how the American government uh or the american democratic system is very similar to rome in its final days and they're making all these parallels and metaphors about the fall of rome and the fall of you know the united states and i myself have fallen victim to this before the trend I've, i've made the comparison that you know rome voluntarily split itself in half because half the population couldn't stand the other half. So they just said, you know what? Screw you. And it was around the time Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about, let's have a national divorce. Where we would separate the red states from the blue states and, and everyone would be happy then as if that would solve anything. And ultimately, the the idea of that is ridiculous. And we've seen it in history, most notably with Rome, where the East and the West basically divided amicably they didn't want a war so they said yeah let's just split it's cool both sides thought they were the bee's knees and then plague happened and where they might have survived and pulled it off had they been together because they were divided they just didn't have the resources one of them had all the money the other one had all the grain and pretty much that ended them that was the fall of the roman empire and it was all because of that national divorce that they went through And, of course, you expect this kind of stupidity from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Obviously, I don't think she understands or knows how the Roman Empire fell. It was not conquered by an outside force. It was divided from within and eaten alive like a cancer. So the metaphor isn't incorrect, but I today am going to posit a new metaphor that I think is a little more accurate or perhaps... Maybe just, uh, we're like the Roman empire one is a good metaphor, but it's like, that's like 10 years from now, you know, maybe, maybe if Trump wins in 24 and becomes the autocrat that we're all worried he will be, then we'll see the Roman empire because I could easily imagine a scenario where the democratic states, particularly like the West coast is just like, yeah, screw you. We're out. And Trump being the weakling that he is, is like, yeah, we don't need you. Go ahead. Go away. Republicans will always win presidential elections now. And I could see that happening. I mean, it's not impossible, especially with somebody like Gavin Newsom, who I think would be chomping at the bit for another another shot at Trump as president and him as governor of California. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. I also don't think Washington state would stand for it, at least the western half of Washington state. I could see the eastern half being far more conservative and Republican breaking away. I mean, that whole scenario is frightening to me, but also very plausible. I mean, that's that's in the cards if Trump wins in 24. 
Um, but my metaphor is more like what led, what ultimately led to the fall of Rome? Was it really just one side hated each other? Like, why did they hate each other? How did it get there? And you can see it here. I saw it this morning. It was very pissy. I was recommended an article on threads by David French. And he said, this is a great article. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm all about it. And it was an article about how the pro-life movement, yeah, they won their court case, they got Roe overturned, but now all of a sudden they're having to face the stark reality that they're getting their asses kicked in election after election because it was like, oh shit, they're the dog who caught the car. Never mind the fact that this is what liberals have been saying forever, like, dudes, you really don't want to do this, like, you do not understand the Pandora's box of what's coming. And you can tell that they don't know what to do now because some of them are just like, okay, well, now we have to do a ban because it wasn't good enough to let the states decide. Now we have to do a national ban and we have to do, you know, one state does 15-week ban and another one does six-week ban and they're all over the place, right? Like, there is no clear guidance anymore. It has just been, they caught the car, now they just don't know what to do with it. And you can tell. And the voters are angry as hell. They're they're backlashing. And for years, the right has, been, has convinced itself that, you know this country is a conservative country and most of it's pro-life. And it's like, dudes, you guys have been asking the wrong questions during those polls and you know it. There is a way to conduct polling. There's a way to ask a question. You can ask a question that's black and white or you can ask a question with shades of gray. Obviously, nobody, hardly anybody, is okay with late-stage abortions by choice, okay? If it's third trimester and you just decide, yeah, never mind, I don't want this baby, most people are like, fuck you, that's wrong. You should not have that choice. Right or wrong, that's where most people are right now, okay? But, so when you phrase that question to people in a poll, obviously the polling is going to come out and it's going to be like, look at this, 80% of Americans are against abortion. And it's like, that's not the question you asked, assholes. So they've convinced themselves that they were really, this country was way more conservative than it was. Uh, I would argue that lately conservatives have just been better at messaging, but that's me. Uh, so now we have this situation and I was all about reading it and it was on the dispatch and I was like, cool. And I got about, I guess, a third of the way through the article and all of a sudden, paywall. If you want to read the rest of this article, you have to subscribe to the dispatch. Well, I'm not a fan of that. And it got me thinking, you know, this is what the hell's wrong with a lot of what's going on in the world in general. But in the United States here, because I feel it all the time, every time there's this really great article that's recommended by somebody I trust to at least have a good faith argument with, uh, it's behind a paywall. I can't read it, you know? I have to subscribe to certain publications to be able to read and get informed. And that just really bugs me because, yeah, no shit, everyone's watching 24-hour cable news. That comes with our sports package, right? Like Fox and Newsmax and all those other channels, they come with my college football subscription. But I don't get that with the newspapers. If I want a newspaper, a real newspaper, I want to read the New York Times or the Washington Post or even the Wall Street Journal, even the conservative rags do this too, uh, dispatch, you know, uh, the daily beast, 
the bulwark has a lot of articles that are paywall blocked that is what is wrong is it really a wonder why this country is sitting here and half of it thinks that trump is a good leader and is willing to vote for him you know a third time potentially here in 2024 is it really a wonder when he's free but all the arguments against him that make a deep intellectual honest good faith argument and all the arguments you would need to debunk all the conspiracies and lies that he you know spews out are hidden behind a paywall and yet everyone has the audacity to sit here and be like oh why are the voters so stupid all the time it's like well that's part of it now i'm firmly on the voters are stupid bandwagon and definitely think we need something to control who can vote and who can't the current system is just not working i'm sorry and quite frankly if you can be duped by the news media i'm but the problem is is like all this information is hidden behind a wall you have to go to university to have an inform have information or to have access to a decent library you have to pay your own private money to get the news just to figure out what the hell's going on i mean how are you supposed to be an informed democratic voter if you don't know the issues i mean even if i wanted to study up on these issues there are a lot of great intellectual arguments right now on articles behind a paywall that i don't have access to and it's really becoming a problem here and so my metaphor for today is that America is not the Roman Empire. We are the Library of Alexandria. Now, in case you don't know, uh, first off, go see a movie that was in 2009 starring Rachel Weisz called Agora. Fantastic film. That'll basically give you the Cliff Notes version. The Library of Alexandria is the largest known library in history okay it is the great library it is a wonder of the world it is huge at one point it was estimated to have as high as 400,000 scrolls of information because they didn't have books okay this thing was where everybody went to study everything was great and everything was fantastic now part of it was burned by Julius Caesar during his civil war but it didn't kill it what killed it actually came a few hundred years before when some emperor, Tomali, Tomali, Ptolemy, I don't know, Tomali, one emperor, decided, I hate intellectuals, I hate elites, I'm gonna banish them all, and he kicked them all out. So these elites suddenly had to leave the greatest library on the world in the world and go elsewhere to teach and be professors and, you know, study and have scholarships and whatever. So that is what where I'm at. Because Alexandria also had another problem. No matter how great that library was, only the elites had access. Even if you were a citizen of the empire in good standing, if you were not considered an elite, if you weren't considered an intellectual, you could not just walk into the library. It wasn't like a public library. It was very much a private library. You could not just go in there. So this greatest library of all time was allowed to decay over time because, of course, the citizens started asking questions like, why is the government spending so much money on this library? I don't get anything out of it. To a degree, they're correct. Now, they do get, you know, the fallout from it, just like, uh, you know, NASA going to the moon. Did that really benefit anyone? Not directly, no. I mean, it made us feel good about ourselves, but the real 
you know, great thing about it was it advanced technology very quickly. And a lot of what we have today in the space of computers and communication is a direct result of the space race and us getting to the moon. So that's the problem. You know, when the library didn't seem to have a function or a purpose for its citizens, they didn't care if it got burnt down or became neglected and fell apart. Why? Why? Who would care? It's the same thing as if a, an old factory just falls apart after a while, but you never worked there, your parents never worked there. It's just a thing in the background. And yeah, who cares? Right? No one benefits from it. So it's okay to see that and to let it fall. So right now here in the United States, and it's not just the paywalls, it's, you know, the fact that, uh, well, I mean, it is a paywall because you can't get a newspaper for free. Nowhere are newspapers free. You might have a little like local publication that's maybe two or three pages, you know, sitting in your local grocery store that's like free, but it's right there next to the penny saver. So how many people really grab it? I mean, it looks like a tabloid. It looks like it's filled with ads. And I think that's the, the great weakness of capitalism right there is that knowledge ends up becoming hoarded and, you know, kept away from the average public, which is ridiculous considering, you know, democracy. Now, George Washington was smart when he was president. He did enact some laws that allowed newspapers and uh, magazines back then to function at a discount. They subsidized it. I mean, that's why, you know, you could look up uh, in history and it's always like they sell newspapers for a nickel or a quarter. And that was common. You know, you could have the newspaper in the machine and you put a quarter in, open it up, pull out a newspaper and walk away. And that was totally fine because the newspaper was making money off that because it was subsidized. Uh, during Bush, uh, you know, during his reign, that was one of the first things he repealed. The Republicans in Congress and Bush as president. Uh, after, this is W. Bush, by the way, uh, they went ahead and repealed the things that George Washington signed. Like, I don't know how that happened, but it happened. And then all of a sudden, that's when magazines started going out of print. That's when newspapers started consolidating. That's when journalism death started happening, you know, because all of a sudden, everything had to be cut. Everything was being run like a business. Now, the founding fathers, or at least George Washington, understood that in order for us to have a functional democracy, you do need the populace, the voters, to have some level of knowledge of things going on so that they can make an informed decision. But as the world has progressed, things have gotten more complex. You can't just say if you're pro-life or pro-choice. That just tells me part of the story. It doesn't tell me how much, how pro-life are you, how pro-choice are you. Again, we can go back and say, are you pro-choice third trimester? Are you pro-life after death or after birth? You know, when are you pro the death penalty? Because nah, that seems at odds. Like I can ask questions to get more out of it. It's not just a black and white thing. So this information wall that we have right now is a real problem. And it frustrates the hell out of me because it means that I have to what fork out credit card details to get basic information just to read one article what if i don't like the dispatch in general but i just want to read the one article but they won't let me just pay hey pay pay 75 cents you get this one article 
No, they don't have that. It's like, subscribe, pay me $10 per month or whatever the hell their rate is. I didn't even look. But pay me $10 a month and you get access to everything. And I'm like, I don't want everything. It's like the New York Times. I stopped reading them because most of their shit is shit. I don't care. I like their opinion pieces occasionally. And yeah, when it comes to a big headline breaking story, that's fantastic. The only good thing about that is when it is a huge, you know, breaking story, chances are other publications have it and the information gets disseminated. But this is a very real problem. And I think, you know, if you wanted to solve a lot of what's wrong in this country, it would be to get rid of paywalls. It would be to return subsidies to journalism, to networks, to newspapers, to allow them to hire more journalists and actually do good work and then also not hide it from the public. One of the things I would be in favor of if the president came out tomorrow and said, your local newspaper should be delivered to your door, no questions asked, no subscription. You have to opt out. I think they should have an opt out system. But by default, every address in this country should get a newspaper from their local provider by default. Now, if you don't want it, you can call and opt out, but you don't opt in and call in because that doesn't work. Same thing with organ donation. You can look. Most people are in favor of organ donation, but it's an opt-in system here in the United States. So only like, I think it's some ridiculous number, like 10 or 15% of us do it. Yet over in Europe, it's the opposite. It's like 85% because it's an opt-out system. You have to tell them, no, do not donate my organs. And that's a completely different animal. So over there, they have like 85% organ donation. Same thing with newspapers, I think. You have to force people to get them. And then if they don't want them, they can opt out. I'm all in favor of that. I understand your recycle bin fills up or your trash bin fills up, fills up. Some newspapers are pretty big and, you know, that's a pain in the butt. I get it. You should have to opt out. But I think that would solve a lot of our problem. Uh, print media is better for your brain to absorb. That's been proven. Somebody who watches a news report or listens to hey, a podcast or an audiobook does not retain the same amount of information as somebody who's reading an actual tangible book with pages not even the uh, not even the the digital stuff works. If you're reading on a tablet or a smartphone or one of those e-readers, you're just not going to retain it the way you would if it was an actual physical book. This has been proven multiple times in multiple studies. So I think newspapers made of paper sent out to everybody is the only answer to solve this problem. And yeah, then you can still have your for-profit news industries, right? If the dispatch still wants to have a paywall and do its thing and be for profit, more power to them. But at least then you could suggest that, hey, the United States of America, the populace, has a base level of understanding. They all have access to this one thing. And instead, the problem I'm seeing is that the government is focusing on, we need to give everybody Wi-Fi. And that's true. When I, uh, I went to a wedding recently in Texas, right? The whole city of Texas had Wi-Fi, or the, sorry, the whole city I was in, uh, I forget what it was, I think it was like Plano, Plano, uh, P-L-A-N-O, Plano, Plano, I don't know how to pronounce it, I don't live there, but anyway, one time, I was at a place, and I went to look up Wi-Fi, because I needed it, and City of Plano showed up, and I was like, no way, and when you click it, you know how you, you know, if you click a, a strange Wi-Fi for a business or something and it'll ask you to, you know, just uh, agree to terms and conditions. In there was an explanation that because of the federal money, this was not Texas paying for it. This was in the Biden infrastructure bill. 
the Biden infrastructure bill sent money to Texas to make to let them do that. And Plano decided to use the money to give everybody free Wi-Fi. So that's fantastic. I think that's great. And we also need to do that. But I think right now the focus is all on digital and not on print. And I think that's just, uh, you know, ignorance on their part for this information. But that's me. That That's what I would do. I, I would give everyone a free newspaper. <laughs> really. Uh, no ads. I, I would say, hey, you know, you can you can pay for the ads, whatever. The government is paying for this newspaper for you to have it. It's your local paper. You know, if you live in New York, you get New York. Live in L.A., you get L.A., whatever. But I think that's the only way this thing works, and it's the only solution I have to this problem, other than just outright, you know, going full socialist and owning all media, which I think is a... I think that's a tricky thing to do, because at one point, you don't want government to run media because you know go go look at the rt channel the russia today channel and you can see some government run media i mean it is scary and whenever there's a republican in charge of things go watch fox news and it's basically the same thing like i don't want government in charge of media um but there needs to be something i'm okay with subsidization but they, they shouldn't run it i don't want them to run it because then you have to constantly wonder like are they giving me the truth or are they giving me the polished turd? Like, you don't know. And while I do read all my media with a grain of salt, it's nice to know certain things I don't have to worry about. Anyway, uh, so that's my metaphor. We're not the Roman Empire. We're the Library of Alexandria. And because we've blocked off knowledge and content to people, uh, this country is might just end up falling just like the Roman Empire. It might, but I think we can still stop it. There's still a way to do that. And again, this is one of my big complaints with Biden uh, is that he's not doing enough to unite the country. I think he really like missed his goal. What would have really made him a transformational president was if he actually, hey, this is why we're divided. We need to fix it instead of all these people really need is jobs. And I'm like, I mean, you're not wrong, but, but like, that's not what caused the January 6th thing. Everyone who did January 6th was well-off, well-to-do individuals. Every single one of them. <laughs> so giving jobs to them is not going to fix the problem. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's another topic for another day. Uh, I just really wanted to point out that this, we're not at the Roman Empire thing yet. We're the Library of Alexandria but we haven't burned down yet, but we're getting close, you know? Anyway, that's today's show. Be safe, get the COVID booster, have a good day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. If you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is to like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. You can always email me directly at recoveryfrompolitics@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I can also be found on Facebook, Threads, and most social media sites, except the site formerly known as Twitter. That's a Nazi site, and you will not see me on it anymore. Your support is crucial as this show is not monetized. It is a one-man show using free software on his free time, so your reviews mean a lot. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.